0: Yo, what's up? <laughs> it's your girl DJ Nark. What's going on? Um, I want to take a second before we get into it to just say a big thank you uh, for all the love and all the support. It's so. Um, it's so interesting how close we are, you know, because I like talk to you guys basically every day, in one form or another. And some of you several times a day, whether it's in the DMs or in the comments or uh, on YouTube in the comments or the voice messages you leave here, or if you're texting me, uh, if you figured out my (laughs) iMessage, some of you are real crafty, which is funny. Um, It's like having a really, really large group of friends and it's strange because I've been trying to find parallels in other um, genres that could help explain to people who've known me like in the physical for a long time uh, why we are the way we are because they'll see me on live um, or they'll, they'll you know be watching the live or they'll see me be on the live and they're like, okay, well, you're interacting with them the way you interact with me like you're interacting with them as if they're one person. Um, And it really got me thinking about this whole idea of the collective and how we are doing, mashallah, such a good job of embodying that and living that. You know, there is no one fixed point. It's this fluid community of like opinions and knowledge. And so many of you are starting your own channels and Uh, doing readings and expanding your knowledge and your base and your client base. And it's so wonderful to me to, to be able to view this as kind of like a seeding factory of some kind. You know, it feels like that Andy Warhol factory thing where all these people kind of came together and then, and then, Out of their hanging out with each other and learning from each other, they all did their own kinds of art and were successful in all their own ways, but they had this thing in common of, you know, that they were amongst their equals and their peers. And so I've been trying to find a parallel where people feel that they are amongst their equals and their peers and are inspired by each other and by a larger, you know, um, way of thinking and, and that sets them off on their own journey of, you know, doing business for themselves, being their own boss, something that cannot be understated. Um, that, that is way too understated. It needs to be way, way more celebrated regardless of what level you're doing business at. Um, doing business is the best thing that you can do. And again, I have to like props, all props. I I am saying that because I was brought up Muslim. So in Islam, it's very clearly stated that as long as you work for somebody else, you'll never make any money. That all the money is in business. Do business for yourself. Go into business for yourself. Work for yourself. So if you are doing that on any level, super props to you. And for this community, to be a vehicle for jump-starting you and, and setting you off on that path with confidence is fucking amazing. Like seriously, that's so much bigger than one, bigger than me, obviously. This whole thing is so much bigger than me. But bigger than you, bigger than us together, that's a lot. That's saying a lot, you know? um, I think if you put all our enthusiasm and our love for each other, and our commonality, and our wanting to learn from each other, and wanting to interact with each other, and support each other, you know, Um, especially through times that otherwise can be really trying. I think if you put all of that on one side, and you put the amount of good that we are able to put out into the world just by being confident enough to start our own channels, start doing our own readings, start explaining more stuff to more people out there, opening their minds. Even though we have all this love and all this support and all this community on one side, I still think the good that is coming out of this far outweighs anything that we think we're doing. Because you can't underestimate that, right? It's one thing to learn something yourself. It's very admirable. But it's another thing to teach someone else who can then teach someone else who can then teach someone else. Like that is like brings me on the border of like, em- like becoming emotional. Like to me, there's nothing more miraculous than than learning something. Every time I learn something, I'm like, no shit. <laughs> Word? Like and, and it's just like all these different pieces start to fit together, and you're like, Whoa. "That's how I feel about Nassim Harame." That's why Nassim Harame is one of those people that, like, just changed everything for me because there were so many open ended questions just floating ar- around in my mind, and I love how he always references children, and he always talks about how like kids get it. Kids get that the way that science is set up right now doesn't make any fucking sense. And I remember being that kid. And the first time I heard him say that, I got so worked up because that feeling never left me. I distinctly remember being that kid and listening to a science teacher tell me something and thinking, that makes no fucking sense. And the way you get treated, especially as a woman, uh, as a girl... If you say in science or math, well, that doesn't make sense. The way you're treated is just, you know, well, of course you're saying that you're stupid girl, you know, what the fuck would you know? But now when you look at it from this, you know, different angle of like what he's saying and what he's, it keeps coming out over and over again that he's right. Um, what we're finding out, it makes sense to kids, My kid listens to those lectures and he's like, well, yeah, that's just common sense. And I'm like, no, but Baba, you're going to learn in school that what he's saying is wrong. And he's like, no, but what he's saying is obviously right. I'm like, you see, like, and he says it in lectures. He's like, kids get it. So the other thing I wanted to touch on, I'm getting better at following these threads, um... Like I said about us being a community and getting through, the, through uh, certain perilous times together. Astrology is about light. Astrology is about light and therefore about seasons and therefore about timing, right? And so in that way, it is very Saturnian. And that's why these Uranus transits are so fun because we live inside this Saturnian box and Uranus is outside the box, And it's outside of Saturn's control. So it kind of just can do whatever the fuck it wants, right? So when it moves, it's really exciting. (laughs) Can you tell that I'm excited? Oh my God, I love it. Can you imagine being this age and like at this point in your life and then going through your kundalini rise? Like I often, okay, we'll get into that. Hold on to that thread about designing your life and the story of your life hold on to that bit so let me just go back to this other one so perilous times i've noticed that we have been through some seasons now namely thanksgiving where most of the rev fam got through unscathed because we had each other you know Holidays are those times that can be really, really hard, not just because your family is obnoxious or weird or fucked up to be around or they push every one of your fucking buttons because they installed them, but you also feel super alone if you don't have someone to text or call and say, what the fuck, my family's driving me crazy. So it's this double-edged sword. Not only do you have to be around people that remind you why you're lonely, but then you have no one to talk to, which actually makes you even more lonely. So it's like, fucking great. But what I've noticed is those of us who are active, those of us who are like super involved, those of us who are in the DMs, in the comments, in the emails, um, let's, let's say uh, connected through doing your own channels and your own readings and looking at your own astrology for the day and following the posts on Instagram, those of us who are like Rev Fam, right? So I'd put that somewhere at like 14, 15,000 people. We, we did fairly well in terms of getting through thanksgiving without getting too depressed because i don't even celebrate thanksgiving and i never have and it can still be kind of depressing if everyone's getting together with a bunch of people and you have like no one to hang out with right see since i started the channel i've never felt that way like not a single day not when there were only like 200 people following that page and not now because it's not about the numbers is what i mean it's this sense of community that has to do with, um, being able to check in, you know, like the way our electrons check in with the vacuum. Now this I'm referencing Harame's work again, the way our electrons check in and out with the vacuum over and over again, feedback system, informing the vacuum, taking information from the vacuum informing. That's why electrons pop in and out of existence, right? Because they're communicating constantly with the vacuum, the vacuum that we're about to go through when we fall through the valves of the heart. Good. In the same way, this community, which is just a fractal version of everything else that's going on, checks in with itself and informs itself through the check-in and comes back with information and then checks in and receives energy and goes back out there and checks in. And it is energetically feeding us. And I think the only thing that makes it unique is that it's not a cult, because there's no, like, dividends to pay and there's no fees and there's no belief system and the only belief system is just, like, believe in yourself. You can do it. You can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> just be a good person. Don't be shitty, you know. Strive to be uh, pure of heart enough to be in the presence of the ark. Who knows how when any of us, if any of us would ever be able to get there. But, like, you know, be like Christ, basically, right? Be Christ-like without the whole, like, drinking the body and blood stuff, like, none of that stuff, like, actually, like, the dude, right, just be, just be crystal consciousness, just be Christ consciousness, be cool, be fucking cool, that's, like, that's the, that's the belief system, right, so there's no tithing, there's no dividends to pay, there's no, um, rules to follow, except, like, be cool, don't be an asshole, right, and don't hit, like, women and kids and, don't be a racist, right? Like simple stuff, right? Um, just be, just be cool. So, it's unique, and it's worth mentioning because the more and more people ask me now, uh, well, what do you think? You know, when you have to start dealing with like magazines and the press and stuff, you realize very quickly that they only have like four questions. And it makes you wonder why they only choose people who've been through these like really fancy schools to work there, because every one of the writers has the same four questions, and it's like, "But didn't you go to Central San Martin?" Like, you got to have more than just how did you come up with the idea for this channel?" Like, come on, you know what I mean?" But after a while, uh, when you've been dealing when you've been dealing with people asking the same questions, it's easy to come up with like a formulaic answer. Um. And so I think it's um I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting that the question becomes well what is the what is the glue that holds these people together? What's the glue that holds us together? What's the propelling force that's taken us so far up, for example, in the podcast game so quickly? And I think the answer is pretty simple. I think people go where they get what they need and anything outside of that is just for show and for advertising and to get people to do something they don't actually want to do. So usually what you do is you get people, uh, you figure out what people actually want to do and then you put a bunch of obstacles between you and that thing and then you have to jump over those things to get to the thing you actually want to do. but. This is just, like, you getting to do what you want and straight to it. And that's why I've limited the, like, ads or whatever you want to call them, the little, like, blurbs to episodes from the past going back to, like, episode one. And they're not going to be in the new episodes moving forward. So there will only be something that if you're not caught up, you have to deal with. Um. Because it isn't about putting a bunch of stuff between us and what we need. And what we need is, and what you're, what you're getting that you like, that makes you want to interact, that makes you want to share, that makes you want to go out and do this for yourself and share it with other people. The thing that you're getting, and this is the perfect segue to uh, designing your story and getting ready to leave. I'm back. <laughs> the thing that you're getting is information just like what your electrons are giving out and receiving. So what we get from each other is information. Now, because of the internet, there's a lot of information out there. But I think what the revolution has to offer each of us in its own way is curated information. And it's curated in a way that people who seem to have the same sort of goal in life are finding their way to not necessarily us or me, but the information itself. And you may find that you're having a lot of synchronicity. So I'll talk about something on the podcast and you've already been reading about it, or then you start seeing it everywhere, or it starts to come up more and more in the media, or there's a couple of things we've talked about like months ago that are now like super popular in these really big podcasts. And there are people talking about it in all sorts of really super public forums. So um, you will notice over time, as many people who like, know me personally have noticed throughout my life, throughout our lives together, uh, that I'll talk about something and then a couple of months later, it'll sort of blow up everywhere and everyone will be talking about it or everyone will want to know more about it. So again, there's like this premonitory uh, thing that I think binds us all together as a group, which is that we have really good instincts and we can sense certain things coming. And so certain things, certain pieces of information really are, Um, we're very curious about. There's certain information we would really like to have. Now, how does this tie into... Designing your life and the trip we're about to take. Well, no, nope, see, I didn't forget that thread. I'm getting better at this. Uh, it's not even about getting better, to be honest. I just, um, I think that under the right circumstances and with the right amount of attention applied to a thing, uh, I could probably do most things pretty perfectly well. <laughs> hey, I'm just listen, I'm just being honest. Um so, loose thread. Now about designing your life. Before we head out, so fun. Designing your life, designing your life. So, I was thinking, you know, uh the way fractal structure works. Everything that is within that first fractal shape that you see when you go microscopic, or if you expand outward, you're just going to see that same shape over and over and over and over and over again. What that tells you is that um, it's nothing that is possible within that shape is impossible. (laughs) And that shape contains multitudes. And so um, everything is possible is really what fractality proves, right? So when you look at design and structure and you look at nature as design and structure, and perhaps you can look at nature as technology even, follow me here. Um, and you look at how we like to design and structure novels, films, uh, now virtual reality, Uh, the way we like to design buildings, roads, cities, plan communities, societies, Um, what you find is that we're doing, like the ants in the ant colony, we are doing the same thing as those above us and those below us. Right? Right? Um, and so just as we are very keen to read a good novel, you know, and, and, and let's go into what that means. What does that mean? A good novel. You know, I don't think any of us, uh, regardless of if we get along or if you like me or not, I don't think anyone who would be listening to this for any reason has ever picked up a book uh, that was full of really great things happening over and over and over again um, and read it all the way through and thought, wow, (laughs) that was such a great experience. Um, I don't think there's any major or minor, for that matter, religions in the world where um, there is no hardship of any kind or no suffering or no lesson learned. So when we and, and this is and this is from the supposition that you know religion is man made. Let's say let's say that let's say that for the uh, the most cynical amongst us, right? Um, we are incapable of creating stories that are filled with just positivity and being able to stay immersed in them. We are unable to suspend our disbelief. Um, if you don't know what that is, just look it up. Suspension of disbelief—it's something that happens. Uh, it is a it is a door that you walk through in a movie in a book where the writer or the director is asking you to clock the unrealistic thing, see it, but but do them a favor. And go on this journey with them anyway and just put that to the side. So um <laughs> it's and, and we do it willingly, and but it's but it has to there's a lot of finesse to it. You have to um you have to be talked into it, you have to be seduced into it. A lot of times in movies they'll use you actually the camera, you know, uh flowing through an open door. Because psychologically, the reason we forget things when we walk into rooms is because the mind resets itself when it walks through a door. So you'll be walking from one room to another because you forgot something in the other room and you want to just go grab it. But you walk through the door and you completely forget why you're in there. But that's because your mind does this thing naturally that when it goes through a doorway, it, it clears itself. So you will find that certain places are intensely clearing uh, for example, uh, the Alhambra mosque in Spain with all the arches, the red and white arches. Uh, the first time I went in there, so every time you go through an arch, um, and, and the way it's set up, it's like designed to look like an infin- in, in infinity of arches. Uh, so, the psychological effect it's happening like your mind is just, your mind goes crazy, but you walk through one arch and then another and then another and then another and by the time you get towards the central point of the mosque, you feel so violently clean um, and 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 psychologically pure, your mind has just cleared itself and cleared, cleared itself and cleared itself to the point where you are just like an emotional wreck like I've never in my life experienced a feeling like that, um, it felt like I had been there so many times before, but I was 15 and I had never been there before. Um, I knew it. I, 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 I had smelled it before. I had seen it before. I had touched it before. I had sat there before. Um, because when you walk through the doorways and it clears you and clears you and clears you and clears you, what you end up with when you approach the central point is, um, it is the essence of you, you know? It's the raw essence of you. And that raw essence of you remembers all the important things. Uh, it has an effect kind of like when you look at the shriyantra. You know how your mind has to go from like triangle to triangle to triangle and there is this clearing effect um, on the mind. So suspension of disbelief, getting back to that, is, you know, they'll have you flow through an open door to to sort of reset the mind. Um, you know, they want to take you on this journey and okay, it's not 1970 and that's true, but will you just forget that for a second and pretend that it is 1970 so I could tell you this cool story about Carlito? You know what I'm saying? It's that type of shit. So there's always this moment where the director or the writer is asking you for that. And depending on whether you can get that from the viewer or not, you know, it defines really everything about your work. Um, You know, that's the difference between, um, you know, whoa, that was shot so beautifully and, you know... Gillie is just a movie about two really hot actors who wanted to fuck. I mean, that's really it. That's what that movie's about. It's an interesting case study in what two egos look like when they're trying to mate unsuccessfully. like it's It's wildly fascinating as like a human study, but as a work of film. Um, you know, we never we never quite buy affleck's tattoos even though those tattoos are real but of course we don't buy his tattoos because he got them all in like three months who does that who gets like five huge tattoos in three months it's so embarrassing like i can't anyway ben affleck is so embarrassing in so many ways and it's so weird because like you can just totally see how he's a likable guy he's a total douchebag in every way but you can totally see that he would like make you laugh It's so infuriating. I hate it. (laughs) I hate it. But he's also like, he's like, what did he do recently? Where I was like, see, 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 now I can, now I have an excuse for liking him. He did something really cool. (coughs) Excuse me. Oh, right. Yeah. Where he like shut Bill Maher up for being a fucking fascist. I remember. Yeah. 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 Ben Affleck's cool. Even though that whole tattoo thing was like really tragic. Anyway, um, so suspension of disbelief, let's go back from there to designing your life. Now, um, that's how we are about films, that's how we are about novels, that's what we need to feel entertained, to be taken on a journey, to buy into the thing, and, and why do we want to be taken on the journey of a film? or a novel, or why do we, a story, why do we want to be taken on that journey? Because if we're able to suspend our disbelief and really get into it and actually feel the feels and see the seas and do the things, we end up learning something, right? And we end up learning something vicariously because we're watching it play out on a stage or watching it play out on the page. And although we are removed, our heart is right there in it. So, you know, books are virtual, You know, books for me have also always been virtual. I will never forget, uh, I started reading The Vampire Chronicles when I was 14. Um, And I I, I had always been an avid reader, so it didn't matter what you gave me, I was going to read it. But to find something that I actually liked, I couldn't, I mean really really liked like holy fucking shit this is it like this is it um and I just read and read and read and read and read I read every Anne Rice book I could find but I mean first all the all the vampire ones I mean all of them all of them all the way through and uh And then when I ran out of those, I read The Witching Hour, and I read all the books about them. Um, I just, just voracious. I couldn't stop. So years and years later, as a full-grown married adult, uh, go to the bookstore on the corner, which is like my spot, and... The girl says, Hey, there's a new vampire chronicle. I'm like, Shut the fuck up. Where? What? Which one? What? So she shows it to me. And it's, uh, it's an interesting, very smart, very smart takeoff of one of the characters who's my favorite character um, and uh, a woman that he falls in love with. And he never thought that would happen ever again. Um and all through the chronicles he is alone, um and of course I am referring to Louis. Ah, uh, ah, oh yes, <laughs> my fave. <laughs> of I mean, listen, Lestat is Lestat, and um. To be fair, he's the one you'd he's the one you'd want, but Louis just so. It's just a human monster. So anyway, I could, I mean, listen, we'll, we'll be here for a thousand years if we start talking about that. But anyway, 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 oh my God, the love runs so deep, (laughs) which is, I guess now why you'll understand what I'm about to say. So, um, you know, that, that whole, that was way before the movie came out or anything, right? So like, this is a long time ago, way before anyone even thought of making that shit into a movie. It was just this rando book, right? Uh, but it was like still really popular and way before anyone associated Louis with Brad Pitt, it was just never like, that was cast so wrong. Like that's not his look. That's not what he looks like. That's not how he acts. Like he's this ethereal, sensitive, quiet, long suffering, (laughs) um, God, (laughs) Do I have a type or do I have a type? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, okay, so um, yeah, so that started at like 14. So now, oh, God, I don't remember when that book came out, but I was like fucking, I must've been like 26, right? It's like, well, long time later, okay? So a long time later, this book comes out and I'm like, oh, this is an interesting take on, you know, I haven't seen these characters in a while. Uh, a bunch of the books went off on a tangent where Lestat went and met the devil and all this stuff happened. Fascinating stuff. Really good books. That's before Anne Rice went nuts and became like an evangelical Christian. Like she, this bitch pushed it all the way to the fucking limit, fell over the edge and like found her wings. I don't know what to tell you. Um, no judgment. Do what you got to do, bitch. Everybody just do what you got to do. Just don't, don't eat people. Don't rape people. You know, simple stuff. Um, so here's this, you know, here's this fascinating look at like what happened to Lestat when he came back from meeting Memnoch. and, um, he's been laying on this floor in this church for so long. Is he ever going to get up? And, uh, if you've read the books, you're like, oh yeah, she actually does know. Yeah, I know. I know everything about these books. Um, so here's this guy and, uh, you know we haven't seen him or heard from him in so long, and everyone thought Louis just you know would want to die. he's always wanted to die, so um but then there he is, and he's in love, and all this and then, at one point, in the middle of the book, uh, he uh, <laughs> wait, why am I like, why is this hard? that's so dumb?" Um, he lays down in in an open coffin in the middle of a churchyard during, like, at noon and burns to ash. And I'm, like, 26, you know, like, in the tub, reading. And, um, I just, you know, nodded my head. I read, I read, I read the paragraph. Uh... I nodded my head. I closed the book, I put it on the ground, on the floor, and um just wept. Oh my god, it was it was as if somebody had died. <laughs> oh my god, I cried. Like I was I was crying. I was like, no, not Louie. Like, what the fuck? What's the point of being invested in a character? <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> oh my God, this cough is so horrible. I hate it so much. What's the point of being invested in a character? Like, the only reason you'd get that invested is like, he's a vampire. He's never going to die. And like, then you kill him. Like, what are you doing? Um, spoiler, he's not dead. Like, five pages later, he's awake again because the woman, this, like, badass Caribbean, like, voodoo witch um, that he's in love with is like, fuck no, you're not doing that. And she's already a vampire because she got somebody else to make her one. (laughs) I think that's how it goes. Or, like, he killed himself because he made her a vampire. He was, like, all racked with guilt. You know, it's Louis. He's always, like, racked with guilt about something. Anyway, so characters can be so real back to the thread people characters can be so real and you can get so invested in them that you know a book just words on a page can make you feel like somebody's died now why is louis so compelling and what's my point well he's compelling because he's his you would think you know gorgeous to look at all the money in the world will live forever uh, can love who he wants, has this fantastic monster of a thing that's obsessed with him and in love with him. Um, make, can make ma- a mate for himself if he wants. W- why? What? What's interesting about that? He can have everything and anything. What's interesting? Well, nothing. Nothing's interesting about that. And that's why Lestat is always getting in so much trouble because his own life is so... Um, you know, he does whatever he wants and he gets away with it. And it's just not very interesting, yeah? But Louis is interesting because even though he has access to all the same things and all the same powers and all the same wealth and youth and beauty and, you know, physical strength, uh, supernatural strength, he's still suffering. He's not happy at all. He feels that he's a monster and he's racked with the guilt of it and uh, isolates himself into a place of extreme loneliness as if to somehow punish himself for everything that he has that maybe he didn't even want. Whoa, talk about creating depth out of nothing. So if that's so easy to do as a plot device, as a character building device, as something that's used to suspend your disbelief and get you involved in a character, involved in a story. And, and, and why get you involved in a story? So you can get so involved that you can take that journey without actually having to take it and learn something. Have a cathartic experience. For those... Stories to work, to get you that catharsis. What do they have to be? Well, they have to be filled with obstacles. They have to be filled with things you bump off of that give you defining lines to tell you who you are and what you are and how far you're willing to go. A lot of people get uncomfortable when I talk about... um, the fact that I have been physically violent or I can be physically violent if I am put in the wrong situation, um, or, you know, in my, in my mind, the right situation. Um, and I think, and I think that that's because it makes people uncomfortable. Um, and I think the reason it makes people uncomfortable is because, and it's very primal, is just that you don't know what you are until you're put in a position. So a lot of times when you meet people who are um, quick-tempered or violent, what you're picking up on without necessarily picking up on is that this person has had their limits tested. Something has happened to this person that has made them tap into a part of themselves where they know where their lines and their limits are. And a lot of us have no lines and no limits, but we'll never know it because we've never been pushed. We've never been tested. You see how this is all tying together? It is when we are pushed and when we are tested and this involuntary thing comes out from within us that we realize where our real identity borders are. So it's a lot like laughter. Laughter is involuntary. Uh, You can't help what you think is funny. You can't help what you laugh at. And it tells you a lot about yourself, the things that you laugh at. I had an ex once point out to me that no matter how funny something is, if it's crude or sexual, um, I don't laugh out loud. I'll laugh very quietly under my breath and I never noticed that I was doing it. But I just don't find that sort of thing very funny. Even if it is really funny, I you know, um I have that like Virgo Moon snobbishness that way. Like I don't I don't really like crude stuff you know even if it's hilarious like it's just not my thing you know you could have I think you could have done that smarter sorry you know um so I don't ever give it the whole the whole laugh and so you know laughter is this involuntary thing it shows you where your lines are it shows you uh what you think is funny what you don't think is funny what you think is too much uh what you think is shocking you know there's this one certain kind of laugh that you have when something is just not even funny it's just really shocking there's another kind of laugh it's a belly laugh where something is just ridiculously funny and you don't even realize why but it's tapping into something that you are um in the same way violence is one of those things that until you're put in a situation where uh you can get physically hurt you don't really know what your reaction is going to be. You can you can think you're going to know, you can train for what you hope will never happen, but you don't know on that meter that primal meter. You don't know what your number is until something until you're put in a situation and you react involuntarily. Um so I think a lot of times what makes people uncomfortable when you're Okay with that about yourself, or when you're open with certain things about yourself, is that people want you to be more apologetic. Well, I can't be apologetic about it. It's part of who I am. You know, if your environment defines you, it's a part of who I am. Now, let's tie this together. How does this all make sense? Fractal, getting back to the fractal thing. This thing is designed. We design our things like this thing is designed. We write our stories like our stories are written. Now, if I write a novel or Hemingway writes a novel or whoever you think is the best person to have ever written a novel writes a novel and can completely suspend your disbelief, how good of a novelist would someone have to be to get you to think that the life you're living right now is real? (laughs) I know, it's like weird and scary, but like the light just went off, right? Dude, it's written well to get you totally consumed in it, so you'll believe it. But when you can step above it and see that it's very well written, and you get that it's very well written, and it's cool, and mad respect, you can start to see the meaning in it. Because you're no longer thinking of it as this thing that's happening to you. It just has to have certain bumps in it to make it believable. Because like I said, no one reads a novel full of all good things happening all the time. You wouldn't get past the first three pages. You'd get annoyed. Not because it's not quote-unquote realistic. That's not why. People don't read novels because they're looking for realism. It's just not interesting. And the thing about interest is that the more interesting something is, the more you're going to learn. So a lot of times what people say about the podcast is, I feel like I'm in college. Well, no, actually, you just feel like you're learning. That's what it is. You just associate learning with college. But you're learning because you're interested, because the information is being packaged to you in a way that's interesting to you and it is bringing you closer to something that you are interested in mainly um acquiring personal power to use however you like you know i think i think if there is any glue that holds us together it is that like i said information information that will lead to a cultivation of even more personal power chi prana, whatever, whatever you want to call it. So this particular novel that is your life has been written extremely well because it's designed to suspend your disbelief. It's designed to get you to forget that you are this drop of divinity that knows all things and is all things and has always been and always will be and is just taking a short break to put on a VR suit and, you know, go hang out a little bit. The 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 illusion has to be complete and compelling in every way to keep your attention because that's the only way you'll get to take the ride, and that's the only way you're gonna learn whatever lesson package you signed up for. You know, so like someone like me, if you're showing me the vacation deals and I have to gamble with my soul to come down here to play this game, first of all, sure, I'm all in. But like, I don't want the like, and then all the good things happen package. Like, what the fuck am I going to learn from that? What's the point of like taking such a really risky gamble, you know, with the eternal part of yourself uh to to come and learn nothing and just to like skip around in the fields i mean again there are people who do that and good for them you know it's just not my nature so of course when i'm looking at these different deals and these different packages um i'm the one who's like no but what will i learn the most from oh well you'll learn the most from you know this Star-crossed Romeo and Juliet. Oh, okay, yeah, sure. That sounds fucking fascinating. Give me that one. I definitely won't won't wake up from that one. You see. So, anything that you're encountering right now or have encountered. Has been to cement you more and more into thinking that this is the reality. And why is it in the best interest of this construct to keep you as locked into this reality as possible? Well, because you signed up for a lesson and you got to stay in the school to learn the lesson. Now, the cool thing is that this is kind of like taking an AP class. And doing the meditations, and what we're about to do is kind of like getting your college credits while you're still in high school. You do a bunch of extra credit, and the construct notes this, that you are in fact ahead of your lesson curve, and it and adjusts accordingly. Right? <coughs> Excuse me. So here you are, now learning a higher version of perhaps the same lesson. I'm just drinking out of a juice box. Excuse me. You have to excuse the juice box and the coughing and everything. I live with a child, you know. Um, speaking of which, he's a, he's 11, and he's going to be taller than me soon, and when I stand up real straight, I'm about 5'7". Um, and I don't have the heart to tell him that we can't we can't be sleeping in the same bed. Um so what I do is I just let him fall asleep and then I get up and go in the other room. And um he notices, but he isn't saying anything, which I think is a step in the right direction because before he was just not having it at all. But I haven't slept in a bed alone since he was born. Um or, or like he's the only person that I've shared a bed with since he was born, so 11 years. And I'm thinking that I should have, you know, a bed to myself again, especially considering that he's my height now, like he really needs his space. But um the cancer Mercury uh, <laughs> and the cancer Venus is is not trying to hear it. So we're doing this uh me pretending to just like hang out in there for a minute, and then I'm like, "Oh, I'm going to go take a shower and do some work." you know, and then and then it's okay. Um. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) it's interesting, everything is uh, planet wise, everything is about to change and our lives are changing and our lives are evolving so quickly right now because we're reaching these critical points that's why all these eclipses are going to happen in critical degrees because we're reaching these critical points and there's no way around it Um, and it's really exciting it's really really exciting because we don't know we don't know how we have no idea how but we can see it I mean I think I talked about this on the live but then we couldn't save the live which was such a bummer so I'll just say it here again I um the other day, and I well, I guess I never really talk about my meditations very much, yeah, that's interesting. We can do that one day. I'll tell you about like the crazy stuff I've seen um but uh, the other day, I was meditating and just out there, you know, looking around. <laughs> just out there, and, um, I saw myself, yeah, I saw myself, uh, in a situation that was quite nice, uh, why is every, like, part of my body making weird noises right now, it's weird, uh, so I saw myself in a quite nice situation on a boat, okay, I saw myself on a boat, um, and I was cognizant enough during the meditation to be like, oh, wow. Because I know the way it looks when I see something that will happen later. It's like just the way it looks, the clarity of it, the lighting of it, just like very specific for me. Um, between what I can, quote unquote, imagine in my head and when I like see something. um, But for the first time... I saw myself, but I saw myself see me. Like that version of me saw me and uh, was just very encouraging. And I realized that that was me <laughs> in the future doing NLP on this part of my life now and going, Hey, like basically like I'm where you want to be. Like, don't worry. We're getting there. Like, just, just, just hang with it right now. And with all the emotions that we're about to experience with all the stuff that's in the water signs, with everything in you, that's going to want to push right now and leave the fountain and go try to make something happen. I mean, Really, the energy is going to push you, push you, push you. Like, take it in your own hands. This isn't going to work. Do it for yourself. And all it is, all you're going to do is fuck it up. That's all you're going to do. You're going to fuck it up. This is a time where extreme patience and discipline is called for. And I know that's not sexy, and I know that's not fun, but you know what? It's about to be Capricorn season, and it is what it is. And I actually think that discipline is very sexy, but that's just me. Like, I like rules, you know? I do. Because, like, if there's no rules, there's nothing for me to break. And, like, how am I supposed to have any fun if I can't at least pretend to break the rules? Like, you know, like with, uh, with, like, everybody else, I would just, like, break the rules, and it's, like, fun, and, like, I don't really care. But, like, if I am in love, you know... I can pretend to break the rules a little just to, like, you know, like, I need to know where the lines are so I can, like, jump over them a little or, like, push them a little here and there. Come on. You need rules. Um, so this is a time to be very disciplined with yourself. And even though you want to push, even though you want to go out there and do, even though you want to reach out, even though you want to, you know, uh. <laughs> Basically not wait. You have to wait. And you have to wait because just like that future me came back to be like, bitch, wait. Don't, don't fuck up now. (laughs) Don't you do, do you want to be on this boat? Do you want to be on this boat doing what I'm doing right now? Because you know what I'm about to go do right now. Do you want to be on this boat or no? You're like, well, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I do. So then, bitch, be cool. Like, just relax. And all the future versions of you are also saying to you right now, listen, like I'm standing where you want to be standing, with who you want to be with, where you want to be, with the things you want to have. But right now, if you jump, it's like trying to, Cook noodles in cold water. It's dumb. It's not going to work. And it's going to make everybody miserable. And it's going to fuck everything up. Just chill. And I know there's only so many ways that you can say to a person, patience, 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 just chill, relax. But as many of you may have noticed, when you do relax about something... The chances of it coming to you get better and better and better. And if not that particular thing, then something that is actually much better than that thing. So, there we are. And now I think we should leave. Uh, Again, I'm sorry to do this to you. If you're driving, please don't do the meditation because you will fall asleep. And that's not cool. Uh, Please don't pull over in the middle of nowhere and do this because you might fall asleep. That's also not cool. So just wait. If you're having trouble because you keep falling asleep, you might not actually be falling asleep. You might actually be leaving before we go through all the steps to leave. So just go with it. Just because you don't remember being at the restaurant doesn't mean you're not there. I'll even tell you a little secret. Every time you sleep, you go there anyway. Relax. <laughs> it's okay. You can get better at lucid dreaming, though, and we can talk about that more in the techniques you can use. But the first thing you can do to get better at it is any time you realize you're in a dream, look at your hands. Focus on them. See if you can see them in great detail. So first step, baby steps. All right. So like I said, if you're driving, heavy lifting, you're at work, you got to be taking care of kids right now, anything where you cannot fall asleep right now, don't listen to the next part, okay? And for everybody else, or if you are now in a comfy position and you are chilling, you got your little, you know, lighting going on, turn the lights down. Roll something. Smoke a little bit. You know, get the the little mood going. And once you're settled, turn on the next segment. And let's get out of here, man. Let's go eat. I love you. I'll be right back. All right. The first thing we want to do is become very familiar with the sensation that is our skin. That which is keeping you in and keeps everything else out. Identify now with the feeling of being your skin. Feel the expanse of it as it stretches across your body, protecting you. And with the knowledge that the only way out is in, let us fall beneath the skin. Find the sensation of your capillaries. Breathe deeply as you feel and see these tiny microscopic tubes running right under your skin. Feel the blood rushing through them, identify as the blood. Breathe deeply and fall now beneath the capillaries and to the nerves if you have trouble identifying where the nerves are pay attention to the bottom of your feet and to the palms of your hands feel the electricity there it's always there Now you can feel it, you can recognize it. But it's always there. Breathe through this tingling of the nerves and let it spread through your body. Starting from the bottoms of your feet and the palms of your hands, let it creep up your arms and up your legs. Breathe through this electric current. From here we fall to that which is the hardness of your bones. Within these bones are arteries. We fall beneath the bone into the artery breathing deeply You can feel the blood rushing, pumping heavily through points in your groin, under your arms, in your neck. Identify now with these arteries within the bones. Breathe into them. taking a deep breath, pushing the air into the arteries. You feel your bones being rejuvenated, your teeth, your skull, your joints, breathe deeply into the arteries. From here, let your arteries and bones find your muscles. Breathe deeply as your muscles blossom on top of your bones, filling with blood and oxygen. Breathe deeply and see your center, and in that center now full of all the tissue and all the muscle, you see the beating heart. View it for a moment as you take a deep breath. View it from afar and watch it beat healthily, strong, calm. As you view the heart, bring yourself closer and closer. And as you breathe through your arteries and through your muscles, find the breath leading into the heart. As you breathe deeply, you feel the blood rushing and pumping and you find yourself floating into the heart and as you see it beat there between the valves you see a space breathing deeply we fall into that space behind the heart here in this darkness there is safety and out of this we walk onto the threshold and walkway of the best restaurant in the universe, welcome. They'll take your coats at the door. We're here now, nothing to worry about. Come on in. And as you walk in you notice that there are a lot of people that are already here and they've already got their food and that's dope. We're a little bit late but that's okay. I like being a little bit late (laughs) keeps things interesting and there if you see now in the center there's our table just as I promised and all eyes are on you so come let's have a seat let's have a drink let's have a chat someone was saying the other day that when we got here at dinner we should talk about how we're gonna pay for our meal And if this place ever runs out of food, and can you ask for just about anything? And hey, am I gonna wake up one day and be scared again that I won't get the things that I want? Will the high of being at the restaurant, the best restaurant in the whole entire universe ever wear off? Well, I'm glad you asked. And I'm glad we're finally in a place where we can talk about it and it'll make sense. First of all, have a drink. And maybe, If you want, have a smoke. Of course, there is no such thing as a free lunch. And of course, you must pay. But the way you pay is so ingenious that it never feels like work and it will never feel transactional, not if it's done right. So how do you pay? Well, you place an order and the waiter is going to assess in its infinite knowledge and wisdom if you have the appropriate amount of life energy, prana, chi, to pay for the request that you have made. Now, you may not, and oftentimes we don't, as many of you may have realized, when you do the fallen Dafa meditation and you fill up with energy or you try Tai Chi and all of a sudden you feel all this energy. Well, it's because you've been running low on energy and then you have some. So a lot of times what the wait staff will do is they'll kindly just distract you to other parts of the restaurant where you can go and acquire that Chi, that Prana, that life energy, that personal power, as Tony Robbins calls, Robbins calls it, whatever you want to call it. Hope, hoping that when you come back around to placing your order again, you will have the appropriate amount of energy needed to fulfill that order. Now, does the waitstaff or the restaurant actually need your life energy? Well, no. It's not how you pay them. The life energy really, the reason it's not transactional is because you don't pay them. Your life energy is just a meter of how... Well, you will be able to handle the thing you've ordered. So it's kind of like when you go on the rides and it says you have to be this tall to go on this ride. Well, it says that because if you're shorter than that, you're going to lose your shit or you're going to fall off the ride or you're going to scream and cry or, you know, all the things. So I was pretty tall for my age as a kid and uh, they let me go on the Disneyland haunted house ride when I was way too young because I was leggy, you know, long legs. So I looked tall, I looked old enough, but I wasn't, and uh it screwed me up so same thing uh this is not Disneyland, though, thank God, <laughs> so they're going to assess if you have the right amount of energetic capital to handle the thing that you have requested, and if you don't, you will not get it until you have acquired the necessary amount of energy to, quote unquote, pay for your meal. So does the restaurant ever run out? No. Can you run out of currency? Absolutely. What are the ways that you run out of currency the easiest, the quickest? What's the easiest way to go broke energetically and therefore also in every other way? Um, Envy. I cannot think of anything that is more antithetical to wealth and abundance than envy the, the signature, the energetic signature of it is so distasteful and so mired in irresponsibility Uh that it, that it is a magnet for every other misery and therefore uh, any abundance or happiness runs away from it because it's, it's a pit uh, of just never-ending suffering. And it starts with envy. It starts with looking at another person and wishing that you had what they have or were what they are. Uh, it robs you of your life energy. And then you walk in and you ask for, you know, can I have a life like that? And the waitstaff is like, ah, I would really love to give you that life. And of course you are worthy of having it, but you would not be able to handle it. Not for a day, not for a second. Now you're thinking, well, I know a lot of people who have a lot of success and they don't seem like they have a lot of life energy, look again. Life energy comes in many forms. Many, many forms. Many, many, many forms, right? But for our purposes, at this place, which takes a specific currency, okay? How can you run out? Envy. Um, Another way is not caring uh and not just about people or people you know but about things uh about principles and uh, uh, apathy apathy is another envy apathy i think the thing that robs you the most though is guilt And fear and shame. And I think they're actually all the same thing. It's interesting to me that those things are packaged off that way. Because they all, in my mind at least, they all sound exactly the same. Uh, They all have to do with being somehow apologetic for something. And, And then that apology takes on different faces. You can either feel guilty or you can be ashamed of it. Or you can be afraid because of it. And it takes everything you have to keep that particular energetic signature construct running. It takes every last ounce of energy you have to keep something that heavy running. When you meet someone who works off of a guilt, shame, fear paradigm, um, they're usually very compelling because they're like a black hole that you fall into. Because their suffering and their self-hate is never ending. And you can, as someone who is not that, you can over you can romanticize that. And you can see it as this like uh unwinnable uh, challenge, you know, that you really must take on because, because this person deserves to be saved or whatever you have in your head, right? Uh That guilt and and, and people who are guilt, fear, shame based are also, ironically enough, very good in bed because they have this, um, they associate anything that brings them pleasure with guilt and fear and shame. And so it makes them a little bit off and a bit masochistic. Or, or sadistic, or both. Um, and, and that can sometimes be the kick that a healthy person wants in their sexuality because, again, a healthy person's sexuality can be um, oftentimes pretty routine or boring, right? So, well, I mean, like, relatively, as boring as sex can be, I guess, but you see what I mean. So... Guilt fear and shame will rob you of your life energy but it will it will it will leave you just enough to keep itself running like a good parasite um but it will pull other people like a magnet into itself and it will rob them of everything because they're not the host so like they they can just be drained all the way through right those are the things that will rob you of your ability to pay for your meal. Is it still a hospitable place? Absolutely. Think of the best restaurant in the universe as an um, Afghani wedding. Anyone who comes, or a Punjabi wedding, anyone who comes will be fed for sure. No doubt about it. None whatsoever. Um, But will you get exactly what you've ordered if you can't handle it? No. Not until you can. Not until you've acquired the appropriate amount of energy needed for that thing. So how can you build your currency? How can you become wealthy in this place where we are now? Well, first of all, you can hang out here more and more. This place will fill you back up. You can go to other places like this where your ancestors are. You can hang out with them. They'll fill you back up. You can hang out with the wait staff and help them out here or when we wake up. That'll definitely do it. And probably more than anything else, every time you think something, or say something or do something that goes against your heart, you stop yourself. You fix it. You apologize. You learn. You share, you help. You become one of many lights in this total darkness. And the brighter you shine, and the more people you can bring out of the dark, the more currency you have to work with. And you will find yourself here more and more, not because you need anything, not even because you're looking for the life energy, but just because this place feels better than any other place. So does it run out? Will it ever not feel this good? What is this place after all? Come on, tell us. But you've been here forever. How could you not know? Don't you remember? Don't you remember? the sky is pink and there are these clouds that couldn't possibly be real and the water is always flowing and every moment you have that feeling like when you're first falling in love or when the roller coaster drops and you're weightless. And every moment that unfolds from that one is just as exciting, and just as fun, and just as beautiful. And you know this place because we come back here over and over again. Sure, we're having a drink now. (laughs) (coughs) Maybe have a smoke. Maybe have a meal. And we'll go home again. But then, you know, one day we'll come and we'll stay for a little bit. Maybe help redesign the place a little before we head out again. But let me show you around. Because it's not just eating, you know. How about we take these drinks while we're waiting on our food and we go out back and we smoke a blunt. There's a pool back there. It's pretty nice. And as we walk out, the glass walls behind us, the pool of infinity running before us, situated right off the side of a cliff. Walk with me now. Walk with me into this infinity pool running off this cliff and walk with me off this cliff. Float here like the fools we are, and look around. Look off to your left, do you see that tree? The really big one. (laughs) Don't eat anything off it. (laughs) Look over to your right. See that other one with the sapphires all over it and the rainbows? That's how we go, where we go next. But not yet. See, look out in front of you. See that long road? That's an even crazier place than this. Maybe one day we'll go there. But for now, let's have a seat. This water is deep, but we can sit right on its surface. Look up. Lay back. Even in the black hole, there are stars. Do you hear that water running? Do you hear your ancestors playing for you? we are the earthlings and for some reason out of all these different worlds and all these different places and spaces we can feel and everything on our planet can feel our earth can feel It's alive, and it's aware, and it makes us the center of the fucking universe. So we're pretty hot shit at this place, you know? The earthlings walk in and everyone notices, because no one understands what happened to us. Why are we the way we are? How can we feel things into being real? And why were we made in the fractal image? Why were we given so much power? So much purity, so much innocence. So much love. We are the favorite child Of the universe and everyone knows it. And as we lay here. In this pool of infinity. Looking up at these stars. Smoking our blunts. Ask me again. If it ever runs out. And make me tell you again. How many millions of times you've asked me that. And how many times I've laughed at you. Now that we're here, now that you feel and you know, have a look around. Go walking through that jungle if you want. The only thing you'll find are jaguars, and they won't harm you. The rain is constant, get used to it. This water is alive. It reads our consciousness back to us. I think I'll stay here for a while and just be. You can stay with me. Alright, so now, if you'd like to stay and have a look around, you can pause it, and if you'd like to come back, take that last flight out, it's the last jet jet leaving for the night, if you're you're trying to get out, (coughs) may as well leave with me, taking a deep breath, Close your eyes, find yourself behind your heart, see, look up above you, there your heart beats, take a deep breath and jump up, through the space between the valves, past the muscles beating, out into the muscles of your body, attached to your bones, Breathing through the arteries, running through the bones, and out into the nerves, the nerves electrified from your head to your feet, breathing through the electric pins and needles. You find your capillaries rushing under the skin, you take a second, taking a deep breath, you send all your life energy into the capillaries, feeding your skin. Take another deep breath and find the barriers of your skin, identifying what is you and what is not you. Taking another deep breath, open your eyes, and welcome back like I said it's real and it's the only way out but now you know how to get there and you know what's there when you get there go look around There's all kinds of stuff in those jungles. Lots of life energy to be had, too. And remember, no matter how much you walk in with in your wallet, you're still going to get fed. Just depends on if you're gluten intolerant, you know? (laughs) Gotta have what you need to order the thing you want. In the meantime, explore, have fun. I love you. It's your girl, TJ Nark.